0: Welcome, everybody, Two Minute by Minute, colon, 30 Minutes or Less, in 30 Minutes or Less. If you're wondering what this is, this is a special episode, uh, a condensed season, if you will, special episode, special event of Minute by Minute. If you're unfamiliar with this show, we go one minute at a time through movies. Uh, season one was the 2004 film New York Minute, starring Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. I would advise you to go check it out, or don't, um, that is up to you, but... This particular episode, or even a mini-season if you want to call it that, even though it will be one episode, we're going to cover the 2011 film, 30 Minutes or Less, in 30 Minutes or Less. Now, I'm not including this very uh, top part here in my 30 minutes. Um, This is the introduction. I'm just kind of explaining it all. Uh, right now um, I have you know a couple announcements to make just want to explain this all, but then the actual recap part we will do in 30 minutes or less. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I don't know maybe maybe I'll get it down you know even less that this can even be included in that 30 minutes. I don't know. but I do want to take a moment uh, to acknowledge our new co-host of the show um, and I'll let her speak here in a second, but let me introduce her. Uh, You guys might kind of be familiar with her, you might not. Uh, She's the host of her own podcast, and she is the consciousness of a very famous celebrity. Please welcome to our show, Catherine Data-Jones.
1: Thank you for allowing me to join the show. My name is Catherine Data-Jones, and yes, I am the consciousness of Catherine Zeta-Jones, uploaded to a computer and the host of the Let's Take a Minute podcast. I'm excited to join my Newt by Minute and hope to bring my classic wit and charm that this show so desperately needs.
0: All right, I appreciate that, Catherine, and welcome again to the show. Uh, Catherine will be popping up here and there throughout this episode, as you'll notice, and then, you know, she'll be with me from here on out. That's the plan for future seasons of the show. But uh, let's continue this recap here. Uh, the movie's 30 minutes or less. It came out in 2011. Um, it's an hour and 23 minutes uh we've got a six point one rating on IMDB, so not great. Um above average, though I guess average would be five, probably, right? Uh directed by Ruben Fleischer, written by Michael Delabert, and Matthew Sullivan. He gets the story by credit, stars Jesse Eisenberg, Danny McBride, Nick Swardson, Aziz Ansari. Uh, I'm sure there's other people in there, but those are the top four listed here. So I think that they're gonna be our main our main crew. Um, Ruben Fleischer directed Zombieland, which also had Jesse Eisenberg. I think this came the next movie after that, maybe a year or two later. I'm not going to look into that because it doesn't matter. We're not talking about Zombieland. We are talking about 30 minutes or less. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, we're going to move pretty quickly here because we're going to go one minute at a time still, but we're going to do it in 30 minutes or less. So the way it's going to work is we're just going to go one minute at a time. I'm going to do minute one, then minute two, then minute three uh normally if you've listened to the first season of the show uh each minute we pick our favorite people um in the order we rate that minute we uh have a fun fact we have you know all kinds of different little segments and stuff We're not gonna be able to fit all of that in each minute here but i'll try to do what i can when i can how does that sound great perfect let's get to it minute by minute 30 minutes or less in 30 minutes or less
1: minute 1. All right, in
0: this first minute here, the first 30 or so seconds, 35 seconds is just uh titles and production companies, but then the first shot we see is a car flying through the air and then speeding along uh we end this minute when it says 30 minutes or less the title of the movie and uh somebody who i believe to be jesse eisenberg is driving a old ford mustang late 80s early 90s ryan white uh, era mustang as far as openings go it's not great it's not bad i'm gonna rate this one a five minute two all right the second minute here uh it is confirmed as jesse eisenberg driving he runs a stop sign he runs a stoplight he drives up on a curb he uh speeds across the train track right before a train comes by. He's a pizza delivery man, and he's trying to get to where he needs to go real quick. Uh, also, music by Ludwig Gorenson. Pretty cool. That's a Childish Gambino producer. I'm going to give this one a 10 out of 10. Minute three. Jesse Eisenberg arrives at the place he's trying to go. There was a timer in his car that ran to zero just shortly before he got there. He gets out the pizza. He goes to the front door. He is a couple minutes late. The kids tell him uh, that ordered the pizza that they're not going to pay because he's late. And Eisenberg says, you know, hey, that's not really fair because your guys are like two towns away. There's no way I can make it. And they go, yeah, that's why we order from your shitty pizza place. And he's like, hey, you guys are smart. Uh, you know, you remind me of you at your age. And uh, they say that they're not going to tip him. Um, that's the end of that minute. I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10.
1: Minute 4. All
0: right, just to be clear from that last minute, if they did not get that pizza in 30 minutes or less, it was free. So they say that they're not going to pay him. They're also not going to tip him. Um, he says, you know, you guys remind me of... Uh, me when I was your age, I bet you have a bunch of beer in the fridge. You're like, no, we don't. And then uh, they say, hey, if we give you this money, will you go get us some beer? Or maybe he suggested, I forget. Um, but then he's like, yeah, just give me that money, I'll go get you guys some beer. And they're like, hell yeah, this is gonna be awesome. He's like, how much do you want? They're like as much as you can get us. We're gonna get shit faced. Um, obviously, he's just tricking them, and he's gonna pocket that money, which is exactly what he does. Um, he even asked them, he's like, you guys like duels, right? And they said, yeah, that shit fucking rules which obviously that's a non-alcoholic beer, in case you didn't know. So he's definitely playing these guys. He pockets the money. He drives away. He runs another stop sign, by the way. I'm going to give this one uh, pretty funny 8 out of 10. Minute 5. All right, Eisenberg is sitting on a stoop looking over. He sees Aziz Ansari's character sitting in the passenger seat of a car, uh, just sitting there awkwardly. Then a girl uh, protrudes up. I don't know how you say it. You know, Sits up from uh, her seat. She was giving him oral sex. And uh, then she kisses him, and he gets out of the car. He thanks her for... Her time and her services and then walks over to jesse eisenberg uh, eisenberg offers him a beer to wash the taste of himself out of his own mouth because uh her mouth is just on his penis and now she's kissing him That's the end of this minute. Uh, Kind of a fun introduction for Aziz. I'll give this one a 7 out of 10. Minute 6. Eisenberg's character asks Aziz to hang out and watch Lethal Weapon or Lethal Weapon 2. Aziz says, I can't. I'm a professional now because he's a full-time teacher, no longer a substitute teacher. Um, He doesn't have time for that kind of stuff. But then Eisenberg's like, how about some Call of Duty? He says, sure, I can play that with you. Then we smash cut to uh, Danny McBride and Nick Swartzen's characters blowing up some watermelons. That's it for this minute. I'm going to give this one a five out of ten. Minute seven. All right. In this minute, we see Danny McBride and Nick Swardson's characters hanging out in a house watching a Friday the 13th movie with 3D glasses on. And then they get up uh, next to the screen. It's a big wall projector screen, um, and they're pretending to hump uh, hump Jason on the wall on the screen because it's in 3D. Um, and then one of their fathers, I presume, Dana McBride's father, played by Fred Ward from Tremors, love him, uh, comes in and starts saying a bunch of homophobic stuff, saying, like, when you guys get to marry each other, you queers, like, I don't know, fags, something, something like that. Some really homophobic stuff. These guys are definitely trailer trash. Uh, I'm going to give this one a four out of ten. Minute eight. All right. In this minute, there's a little bit more of the homophobic stuff. The dad is very, very homophobic and saying that, you know, these two are gay together um, because they are quote unquote business partners, but they... Don't have any any business. He's like, maybe you should figure that out. I think that's setting up, you know, the motive for them to do whatever they're going to do later in this film. I've never seen this movie, by the way. Um, But it's going to be time right now uh, for a segment. What do we got, Catherine? It is time for a fun fact, a fun fact. All right, the movie that they're watching is Friday the 13th, part three. They're watching it in 3D. Uh, Dwayne, played by... Danny McBride says that his father or tells his father that there's 45 minutes left in the movie however the scene that they're watching is the final scene in the film that was a fun fact a fun fact and I'm gonna give that one a four out of ten minute nine Jesse Eisenberg pops a balloon to get her girl's attention she looks at him annoyed she says you're late he says I'm 45 minutes late which means I'm like 15 minutes early he's normally running late uh he might be dating this girl he definitely likes this girl and uh it ends with them starting to eat pizza together I'm gonna give this one a five out of ten
1: Minute ten.
0: All right, Eisenberg. uh, His character's name. I'm going to keep saying Eisenberg, but Nick um, is having dinner with. Looks like Kate, played by Dilshad Vasaria. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, And she has some big news. One, Tom Small or something like that is gay. I don't know if that guy comes in later or not. But uh, she has been accepted to the Four Seasons Management Training in Atlanta. He's upset about that because he doesn't want her to move to Atlanta. I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10.
1: Minute 11. All
0: right, this next minute we are in a strip club. Uh, Danny McBride's character is getting a lap dance from a stripper. And he's complaining about his dad. She says, like, hey, maybe shut up and let me do my job. And then he says something about, sorry, I'm just worried about my inheritance. She says, what inheritance? He said, the old man won $10 million on a scratch-off and he's blowing through his money like an NBA draft pick I'm going to give this one I don't like strip club scenes in movies I'm going to give this one a 3 out of 10 minute 12 alright the stripper uh, proposes that she's got an idea because he says there's probably about a million dollars left out of the 10 million because his dad's been blowing all his money she says I know a guy in Detroit who you could uh, hire for about $100,000 to kill your old man end of this minute Uh, we are definitely setting up what's going to be happening later in this movie, I imagine. So I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10. Minute
1: 13.
0: All right, in this minute, Eisenberg is talking to Chet, which is played by Aziz Sorry. Eisenberg's character is Nick. I'm going to try to say their character names. Nick is talking to Chet. Uh, Chet is the sister of Kate. Or, excuse me, Chet is Kate's brother. Um, So he's talking to him about, you know, Kate moving to Atlanta. He's like, you know, I can't believe you're in support of that. That's kind of crazy. Uh, You know, what if she ends up marrying some, like, rich doctor who drives a BMW? End of the minute. I'm going to give this one a 4. Five out of ten.
1: Minute fourteen.
0: Aziz figures out pretty quickly here. Excuse me. Chet figures out that Nick wants to uh, bang his sister, his twin sister. He says so. It's basically like banging me. Uh, Nick says, "No way, man. That's not you know the same at all. She's attractive, and yes, she does, you know, like uh, turn me on a little bit. But you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We're all adults here." And then. Uh, Chet says, you know, guess what? I banged your ex. Oh, my alarm's going off. Um, I banged your ex-girlfriend a week after she broke up with you, and uh, Nick looks, you know, upset about that. And then he says, well, guess what? I sold your signed Millie- Willie Mays ba- uh, baseball for two hundred bucks. These guys are good friends, but they obviously are kind of shitty to each other. I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10.
1: Minute 15.
0: So Chet says, hey, my grandpa left me that ball, and and you helped me look for it for a month. Nick says, yep, I sold that. And then Chet says, well, guess what? I used to feel bad about this, but I don't anymore. But I told John Tanner that your mom had sex with that lifeguard, and even though he swore... He swore to keep it a secret. He told everybody and your parents got divorced. Nick says, you ruined my whole life. And Chet says, not much of a life to ruin. And then Nick says, well, guess what? I've already slept with your sister on graduation night. And you know all the details because I told you all about it, but then said it was a different girl. And now they are wrestling on the floor. Uh, I'm going to give this one. This, uh, These guys are best friends, but they were very quick to like... Uh, put out all these stories about you know the shitty things that they've done to each other i'm actually going to give this one a three out of ten minute
1: 16 all right nick
0: and chet uh go separate ways after fighting for another 30 45 seconds and they are definitely not very good friends anymore i don't know if they're the type of friends who fight and then make up or not but i hate minutes like this or moments like this in a movie where friends fight but then the very end of the minute is uh danny mcbride and nick Swordson's characters they're fishing some uh leaves out of a pool, and <laughs> Nick Swartzen says, hey, where would all these leaves come from? Danny McBride says, where do you think uh, trees? You know, like, obviously. And then <laughs> there's a long pause, and Nick Swartzon says that's what she said, and that's the end of the minute. Uh, the first half of the minute, I give a one. I hate when friends fight. The last half of the minute, that was the dumbest joke I've heard in a movie in a long time and it actually made me laugh so i give that one a 10 that averages out this minute to a five
1: minute 17
0: all right they're still cleaning the pool uh nick swartzen says it's not a, maybe a good idea to kill the major the major by the way is danny mcbride's dad he was a major in the army um or in the military i should say uh and he's like no i'm definitely gonna do it because he's barely even killing him he's just shaving a few years off of his life the major then comes out and it's revealed that it's his pool and he's gonna pay them to get it cleaned he says that they have an hour to get it cleaned otherwise he's not gonna pay him and uh He's like, maybe you should got up before noon. Well, then Danny McBride says here at the very end of the minute, he's like, you know why I sleep so long? It's because I got so many dreams. End of minute. Uh, this one's a pretty solid minute. I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10.
1: Minute 18.
0: And this minute, Danny McBride gets uh, Nick Swartzen to join his little... Uh, plan here to kill the major because he says he wants to use the money to open up a tanning salon, which will be a front for a prostitution ring. I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10.
1: Minute 19.
0: Alright, in this one, Danny McBride comes up with a plan that they are going to force somebody to rob a bank for them to get the money that they need, the 100000 to hire the hitman to kill their father. I'm going to give this one, it's going to set a lot of stuff in motion, a 7 out of 10. Minute 20. Alright, the 20th minute of this movie has uh, Danny McBride and Nick Swartzen talking about their plan. They decide they're going to kidnap somebody, strap a bomb to them, and force them to rob the bank. I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. Minute all right, a commercial comes on for Vito's Pizza. Brett Gelman is the owner of uh, Vito's Pizza, and he says, you know, hey, if it's out there in 30 minutes or less, it's free, whatever. That's where they get the idea to hire or to kidnap a pizza delivery driver we then cut to jesse eisenberg's character folding into pizza boxes and brett gilman drops off a pizza and says hey take this pizza where you need it to go i'm going to give this one a six out of ten
1: minute 22
0: eisenberg has to drive 10 15 minutes out of his way or past the 30 minute mark uh, to deliver this last pizza of the night and he's driving out to a junkyard and danny mcbride's character answers the door wearing a gorilla mask this one's a 4 out of 10. Minute 23. Nick swordson's character comes out from behind some cars. Uh, they are like, all right, get him. Nick starts to run away to try to get away. They knock him down and then uh, knock him unconscious with some chloroform. He wakes up the next morning. They're looking at his wallet and they're letting him know that he has explosives tied to his chest. He is tied up and uh, has tape over his mouth. Um, you know, we're setting some stuff into motion here. This is a pretty good minute. I'm going to give
1: this one 8 out of 10. Minute 24. All
0: right, they ask Nick if they can trust him to take off the uh, tape on his mouth. He says yes. Uh, he immediately starts screaming, help, help, help. They all start screaming to help, help. They're like, no one can hear you scream. Um, he's like, you might as well be in space. No one can hear you scream. Which is bringing us to our next fun fact here. It is time for a fun fact, a fun
1: fact. Wayne, played by Daniel McBride, references that Glyn from Alien. In space, no one can hear you scream. McBride would later cost our an alien covenant
0: that was a fun fact a fun fact. Um, I'm gonna give this one a 7 out of 10
1: minute 25
0: or in this minute They are really laying on to him. What's gonna happen here? Uh, what's gonna happen is they're telling him to go rob a bank and if they if he doesn't do it they will blow him up if he tries to take off the bomb They will blow him up either way. He is screwed um, So yeah, this is definitely setting in motion what he needs to be doing from here on out I'm gonna give this one a 9 out of 10
1: minute 26
0: and in this minute, they are really proven to Nick that they are taking it seriously. They have a bear strapped. It's a little teddy bear, not a real live bear, uh, strapped with an explosive. And they give him, a, give him an example of, hey, if you don't get this money, this is going to happen to you. They blow up the bear. Uh, this is another solid minute. I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10.
1: Minute 27. Right, they're sending
0: Nick off on his way, and Danny McBride pulls out a gun, and he takes a couple shots at him. Nick gets in the car, drives away, speeds away. Uh, Nick Swordson's character then uh, scolds Danny McBride because like, I thought that was a replica gun. He's like, it was. And then... I. Uh, Paid some guy 50 bucks to make it a real gun and then uh nick Swartzon says you should have let me know we can't have a live gun around the bomb he's very concerned i feel like this is going to be setting up something that's going to come into play later in the movie um, you know, usually you introduce a smoking gun in the first half, and then it pays off in the very end. We'll see if that is, in fact, what's going on. I'm going to give one a 6 out of 10.
1: Minute 28.
0: All right, Nick's first instinct is go see his friend Chet, uh, who is at school teaching a bunch of kids. So that's right, he did walk into the school with a bomb strapped to his chest. They haven't addressed this yet in the movie, but he, uh quickly unfolds his plan or unfolds what happened to Chet. We have not seen Chet's reaction quite yet. Um, I think it's kind of funny that he went to a school with a bomb strapped to his chest. It's not funny at all, but it's funny in terms of, you know, context of this movie. I'm going to give this one a five out of 10. Minute 29. So Nick has gone to the school. Uh, Chet does call him out for bringing a bomb to a school. He's like, are you an idiot or what? He's like, I didn't even think about it. But Nick's like, I need your help. I need you to come with me. And Chet says, damn it, I want to tell you to F off, but I'm a better man than you are. That's the end of this minute. Um, It's a little bit funny and it's setting up that I think he's gonna get chet to help him so i'm gonna give this one a seven out of ten minute 30. all right chet agrees to go with nick in this minute um because he says you know in the future if you blow up i'm gonna feel real bad and you know in the future i'll be sitting there thinking like man i shouldn't have let nick blow up that one day we then cut to the strip club where juicy was her name uh the stripper that uh was dancing with danny mcbride earlier uh she is talking to presumably her boyfriend or some sort of you know male friend of hers played by Michael Pena. Um, he's got a kind of kind of a higher higher voice in this. It's kind of funny, um, and uh, so they're just starting to talk right now. So we'll see what that's about. I'm gonna give this one a four out of ten. Minute thirty one. All right, in this one uh, we just see the tiniest little bit more of Juicy and uh, Michael Pena's character. So I don't really know what. Their uh, plot line is going to be exactly, but maybe he's the guy who's you know going to be hired for the hundred thousand dollars. That's kind of my guess. Uh, we cut back to Nick and Chet trying to figure out how to disarm a bomb or deactivate a bomb. Chet's looking online while Jesse Eisenberg's character is trying to slip it uh, off of his chest, and they're not really finding much. Um, it is kind of funny that uh, Chet makes a reference to uh, having the the movie The Hurt Locker that he rented from Netflix and it has been sitting on his coffee table for six months. Um, and he's like, it's funny, I paid twelve ninety nine to have the same three movies just sitting around in my house. Because back in 2011, Netflix was mostly a delivery service and not a streaming service, kind of fun. Kind of shows how old this movie is, uh, considering it's only 10 years old, it's, uh, kind of old when it dates itself like that. I'm gonna give this one a 6 out of 10. Minute 32. Alright, and this one, uh, Nick realizes that he's gonna have to rob this bank because he can't figure out any way to deactivate this bomb or get it off. So Chet says, you know, hey, you already know how to rob a bank, you know, you, you've seen Point Break, it's gonna be simple. Uh, we're just going to, you know, break in. Don't worry about the vault. Just stick to the tellers. And then uh, he mentions which bank it is. Chet's like, hey, that's my bank. So he's going to give him a little bit of inside information here. I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10.
1: Minute 33. All right, so it wasn't
0: clear before that uh, Chet was actually going to help him with the robbery, but it is confirmed in this minute. Nick convinces him. He's like, I need your help to do this. I can't do this on my own. He says, I'll do it on one condition. You never talk about my sister or sleep with my sister or do anything again with my sister. He says, Sure. Minute ends with them doing a little bit of shopping to get some of the supplies that they need to rob the bank. I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10.
1: Minute 34.
0: After a little bit more of them doing some shopping, uh, finding some toy guns, we cut to Dwayne and Travis. That's Nick Swartzen's character's name is Travis. Uh, Sitting in the car outside of the family dollar, waiting, you know, kind of keeping their eye on him to make sure they know what he's doing. They have a little bit of conversation about Third Eye Blind versus Matchbox 20 versus German metal music. It's kind of a fun little scene. And then they see a... uh, an empty business that is available for lease and he says dwayne says that's a perfect spot for our tanning salon end of this minute everyone that they're in is uh kind of been kind of fun so i'm gonna
1: give some seven out of ten minute 35
0: all right it's so the 35th minute i cannot believe i didn't even think about the 30th minute should have been a celebration because this is 30 minutes or less so i completely blew that opportunity but here in the 35th minute uh dwayne and travis geez i already forgot his name are discussing the tanning salon and Dwayne says you know hey we're gonna have to have code words like if somebody asks for a tan they just want a tan if they want a deluxe tan then they want a tan and a blowjob and uh travis is like man i gotta give him the blowjob he's like no you'll get a girl to give him the blowjob he's like okay so it's kind of funny uh cut back to at the store nick and chet are checking out and they have fake guns and masks and stuff and the checkout lady's like do you want some condoms They're like no why she says because this is normally what people buy before they're about to rape some people Like, hey, we're not going to rape anybody, and then Chet picks up a slider station, which is a little, like, grill thing to grill little slider hamburgers, and he goes, you know, would rapists buy this? I don't think so. We'll pay with cash. I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10. Pretty solid minute. Minute 36. All right, this minute shows uh, Danny McBride, excuse me, Nick and, not Nick, uh, Travis, Jesus, Travis and Dwayne talking a little bit more about the glossary terms that they'll use. Um, It's fun stuff. I enjoy it. And then... Uh, see that Nick and Chet are leaving the dollar, family dollar. They're painting their guns and Aziz sings a little song about painting our guns. We're painting our guns and the cops are going to shoot us in the face. Some people don't like Aziz uh, for little things like that. I find him uh, pretty funny dude, I like him pretty well. So I'm gonna give this one overall a 10 out of 10, pretty solid minute. Minute 37. I'm realizing now that I'm not going to be under the 30 minutes unless I really speed it up. So in this minute they decided that they have to steal a car because he doesn't want to use his own car, so the cops can't trace him. I'm gonna give this one a 6 out of 10. Minute 38. Alright, they decide to steal one of Aziz, Aziz's uh, parents, family, friends cars so they're at the house now uh breaking into the garage to steal the car i'm gonna give this one a four out of ten Not much is going on
1: minute 39 all right they specifically broke into
0: this one because they know that the uh keys are always left in the garage in a certain spot but they are not there they're looking around for them but then the owner of the car uh in the house he ends up coming into the garage so they quick put on their masks and it looks like they're going to try to uh kidnap or steal that car at gunpoint fake gunpoint obviously i'm gonna give us an eight out of ten minute 40. All right, so there's a bunch of kerfuffle going on here, but they pretty much threaten to kill the man's son unless he gives them the keys, and they say, do not call the cops until 6.15. They get the keys. They're getting in the car. Uh, The minute ends with them getting into the car. Not too bad of a minute. Kind of fun. Kind of funny. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Minute
1: 41.
0: All right, in this minute, not a whole lot goes on. Uh, Nick says that he wants to, before they go rob the bank, go tell his boss to fuck off, and Chet is against it. He's like, it's a waste of time. I'm going to agree that this minute was kind of a waste of time, so I'm going to give this one a Two out of ten.
1: Minute 42.
0: All right, they park outside of Vito's Pizza Place, but Nick does not go into Vito's Pizza Place. He takes off down the street. I think he's going to go find uh, Chet's sister and talk to her. I think it was all a ruse the whole time, which makes that a little bit better than what he was planning on doing, telling his boss to off. Uh, I don't know for sure, though, so I'm going to give this one a five out of ten until we Minute see. Minute 43. All right, Nick meets... Uh, Chet's sister Kate, as I predicted, and he says, "You know, the single worst mistake I ever made was sleeping with you." That's the end of this minute. Um, obviously, he's going to turn it around and say something nice, but I'm going to give this one a three out of ten. Minute forty-four. So, as I once again predicted, he does turn around and says, "You know, I wish I never slept with you because I love you, and you know, I blah 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 blah. If the, you're the last person I ever see." Of if this the last day I ever lived, you're the last person I want to see. Says something sweet, and then he says, oh, I got to go now. And he actually wa- walks right past Nick Swartzen's character who's been following him, but he does not recognize him because obviously he had a mask on before. I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10.
1: Minute 45.
0: Uh, Nick runs all the way back. He does go into Vito's and tells his boss to fuck off, gets back in the car, and he's been gone almost 20 minutes is what... Uh, what chet says uh this one's a five
1: out of ten minute 46
0: so they are just about to go into the bank they decide that they will both have uh hispanic names and they met in a mexican prison because they're some sort of gangsters i'm going to give this one a four out of ten
1: minute 47
0: all right the bank robbery is commencing they come in everybody gets down on the ground they tell the security guard to slide his gun away he slides it to a woman it goes right into her hand and they're like are you guys working together she's like no they're like slide it away she slides it it hits the desk or like you know the front desk here in the bank and it goes off and actually shoots a guy who's laying on the ground um, and it looks like it shoots him in the leg, possibly the knee. A uh, pretty funny minute. I'm going to give some a 10 out of 10. Minute 48. All right, Chet picks somebody off the floor, a bank teller named Sandra, and he tells her that she needs to get him $100,000 from out of the teller's drawer. She's like, there's only that much in the vault. He said, all right, get it out of the vault. Seven out of 10.
1: Minute 49.
0: All right, another pretty solid minute. In um, this one, they feel bad for the guy who got shot in the leg, so they offer him some of the money that Sandra has put into a bag. He reaches in to grab some, and one of those little ink uh, alarm things explodes in his face um and then they're like what the heck Sandra's like i'm sorry i have to do it so they throw down those money bags and they go grab a garbage bag and tell her put a hundred thousand dollars in this garbage bag and this time they watch her to make sure she doesn't pull some of that stuff again end of the minute uh solid one again nine out of ten minute fifty all right so they rob the bank they get out successfully but the alarm has been triggered so when they get outside there's a cop waiting for them um the cop has gun and they are like shit i don't know what to do so nick uh, unzips his vest, shows him the bomb and says, you know, uh, you better drop your gun, otherwise I'm going to blow you up. The cop just says, uh, screw this and runs away. Uh, another solid minute, 7 out of 10. Minute 51. All right, this one's mostly a car chase, 5 out of 10. Minute 52. All right, more car chase stuff, but then they get T-boned by a cop, uh, they ruin the dots and they get out, they're on foot now. This one's a 6 out of 10. Minute 53. Really not much happens in this one. Um, mostly they just see that they got away, or Dwayne and travisy that the other guys got away from that car crash uh three out of ten
1: minute 54
0: all right this is the scene where uh, you know the guys uh, in the movie always make up and apologize to each other so they finally do that and then they get back to his mustang and they're gonna go drop off that money uh four out of ten
1: minute 55 all
0: right they contact uh, Dwayne and travis and say hey we got your money the Dwayne and travis tell them to meet them at some train tracks in about 20 minutes and they are gonna get tacos uh, 6 out of 10.
1: Minute 56.
0: Alright, so this could be a very crucial minute here. Uh, Dwayne and Travis are eating tacos, and Dwayne asks Travis if he would be willing to uh, push the button and call to blow up Nick's character, and uh, Travis says, hey, I thought nobody was going to get hurt, and he's like, well, obviously I'm not going to ask you to do it right now, because they haven't given us the money yet, and he goes off to go to the bathroom, and uh, Travis gets a look on his face like oh man he's gonna kill this guy isn't he so I think this might be setting up some twist here or maybe Travis is gonna try to get him out of this um we'll have to see but um not too bad of a minute I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten minute 57 all right so Chet's like hey do you really need me here uh for this he says nope you better get out of here and just you know so you don't get shot or anything and then he's expecting Dwayne and Travis to show up but it actually is Michael Pena's character and Juicy they show up um Michael Pena gets out of the car and says, hey, you got the money? He goes, yeah, and he looks. He goes, oh, my God, it's so pretty. He's like, what would you do, rob a bank? And uh, obviously Nick is confused because he's thinking that this is the guy who kidnapped him. He's like, yeah, and he's like, oh, really? That's cool. Um, So obviously they have sent him to go collect the money. Uh, He's probably the hit man, quote, unquote, whether Juicy's playing Dwayne, I don't know yet. But uh, obviously there's some miscommunication and what's going on here. So it's leading to some... uh, you know, uh, kind of funny little moment here. I'm gonna give this one a seven out of ten. Minute fifty eight. All right, so there is a miscommunication miscommuni- going on here. Nick's like, "Give me the code." Pena's like, "I don't got any code on. What you're talking about?" He's like, "Come on, give me the code." He's like, with the contra code up, down, up, down, left, right, A B A B, select, you know, whatever." Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't have your code, dude." So you know, sorry, and then he's like, give me the money back, so Pena pulls the gun out, and he's like, you know, yeah, you better watch yourself, I'll shoot you in the face, and then Aziz's character sneaks up from behind and smacks uh, Pena's gun-holding arm with, I think, like a tire, or a tire iron or something uh, to make him drop the gun. That's the end of this minute. Uh, pretty solid, 8 out of 10. Minute 59. Right, so Aziz knocks Michael Pena on his ass, uh, Juicy gets out of the car, they also take her down, they grab the money, they go, uh, Juicy shoots at them a couple times, they called Dwayne and Travis to figure out what the heck's going on, And, uh, Dwayne looks not happy. That's the end of this minute. Um, another solid minute. I'll give it a six out of ten. Minute sixty. All right, so Nick threatens Dwayne and says, you know, hey, I'm not going to give you this money unless you give me the code right now. Dwayne says, you know, uh, yeah, you're going to give me that money. And he says, nope, uh, and hangs up on him. And, uh, Chet is like, hey, let me out of this car. Uh, this one's a six out of ten.
1: Minute sixty-one.
0: All right, so Dwayne tries to call him back, but, uh, Nick doesn't answer, so he's pissed now, and he's determined that he's just going to call and blow him up and then kill the Major himself, uh, Travis is like, hey, don't do that, but I have a feeling that he's going to make this call, but Travis has changed the number or something inside of the phone because the way he uh, looked... Earlier in the diner six out of ten
1: minute 62 as I
0: predict that's exactly what happened Travis has changed the phone number in there So he cannot call and blow him up They get in a little bit of a fight here and the minute ends with uh, the phone ringing I assume it's Nick calling back. I'll give this one a six out of ten as well minute 63 Alright, it was not Nick calling it was actually paying character He's calling he's like I want that money and I want it now and he's threatening to kill him So uh, now Dwayne excuse me. Yeah, Dwayne is in the hot seat. This one's not too bad eight out of ten
1: minute 64
0: Alright, so Peña pretty much tells uh, Dwayne, like, hey, I'm going to kill you now, uh, you know, because you're not going to give me my money. So then they decide, uh, Dwayne and Travis decide that they need to get Kate, um, so that way they can get the money. They're going to utilize her against Nick. Uh, End of the minute, pretty much. I'm going to give this one a six, no, seven out of ten. Minute 65. All right, in this next minute, uh, Dwayne and Travis break into a bathroom, actually, where Kate is on the toilet. And they're wearing their monkey masks again, and they kidnap her. Uh, that's pretty much the whole... What's going on in this minute? I'm going to give this one a 5 out of 10.
1: Minute 66.
0: All right, this minute has the Major uh, walking around the house because he hears a sound, and his Pena has broken it Michael Pena's character has broken into... They, I don't think they've even said his name, so I'm going to keep calling him Pena, but uh, he's broken in, he's looking for Dwayne, and the Major says, even if I knew where he was, I wouldn't tell you... Uh, end of the minute, this one's a 4 out of 10.
1: Minute 67.
0: Fred Ward's character in the Major shoots Michael Peña with a little pen gun. He's holding a pen the whole time and he shoots him with it. That definitely did not see that coming. Peña gets shot in the neck, but he's not dead. They wrestle a little bit and then Peña gets up and shoots Fred Ward in the stomach and now he leaves him there... Um, I don't know if, you know, either of them are gonna die, but they've both been shot for sure. Pretty solid minute. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Minute sixty eight. All right, Pena's character goes into Dwayne's room trying to find out where he could possibly be, ends up finding his plans for this whole thing in a drawer. And then uh, we leave with chet saying that maybe he should be a professional bank robber because he did a good job out of it. Good job at it. Five out of ten.
1: Minute sixty-nine. All right,
0: Dwayne finally calls uh Nick back and he's got Kate in the back of the car and he says, Hey, you know, meet me here in the scrapyard, otherwise we're gonna kill this girl. And uh, Nick is obviously freaking out. Chet does not know yet. Uh, 7 out of 10. Minute 70. All right, in this minute, Nick tells Chet that he went and saw his sister, and Chet is not happy, obviously. This one's a 4 out of 10.
1: Minute 71.
0: All right, this entire minute is just a montage of everybody getting to uh, where they need to be here in the scrapyard for the end of the film. Uh, Minutes like this don't usually translate well for this show, so this is a 1 out of 10.
1: Minute 72.
0: All right, in this minute, uh, Nick meets with Dwayne. Dwayne is still wearing a monkey mask. He demands the code. He gives it to him at 696969. Six, nine, six, nine. He enters it. It actually does work. He takes off the vest. End of the minute, 7 out of 10.
1: Minute 73.
0: All right, they do the exchange. The girl for the money. Everything goes down as expected. Uh, end of this minute, 6 out of 10.
1: Minute 74. All
0: right, pretty good minute here. Uh, after the transaction. Nick has a feeling that Dwayne is just gonna shoot him and Dwayne says, yep, that's actually exactly what we're gonna do. So uh, Nick's like, well, we have a sniper trained on you and Aziz's character Chet is sitting uh, in the distance and he has a laser pointer, which was referenced in the first act of the film and I didn't bring it up because I didn't think it was gonna be a big deal. But uh, Nick got him a laser pointer because he's a teacher and he's using that laser pointer to point at them uh, to make them think that there is a sniper, pretty solid minute. Eight out of ten. Minute seventy-five. All right, right as Nick and Kate think that they have outsmarted and walk away, Pena's character sh- shows up and knocks uh, Nick out using, you know, his gun, and then he tells uh, Dwayne and Travis to give him the money. They give him the money, but he says he's going to kill him anyway because they are loose ends. So then Travis lights him up literally with his flamethrower. I just, I didn't mention he had a flamethrower, but he's lighting Michael Pena on fire, and uh, Pena fires a shot that hits. Uh, Dwayne in the shoulder so we'll see how this goes but the minute is ending with him being burned up. Pretty sweet. 9 out of 10.
1: Minute 76.
0: Alright so Peña's character gets pretty melted and fried. He's on fire. He also shoots uh, at Travis and it blows up his flamethrower tank that he has on his back sending him flying and he's on fire. Uh, Nick grabs the money and he goes to run uh Dwayne now has to decide if he's going to put out the fire on his friend's back or chase them down in his van. He actually chooses his friend and goes and puts out the fire and as the other uh, guys escape in the van. So he pulled through as a friend there at the end. Uh, Nine out of ten.
1: Minute 77.
0: All right, Travis and Dwayne have a little heart-to-heart there, and then, uh, you know, Travis is okay, so Dwayne says, all right, I'm going to go get our money, and he leaves to go get the money. uh, Seven out of ten.
1: Minute 78.
0: All right, I did not expect it, but this is actually the last minute. It ends pretty abruptly. Danny McBride's character is chasing them down. He pulls up uh, beside them and... Jesse Eisenberg yells, "Hey, dude, pull over, pull over!" And he's like, "No way, man! You know, you're gonna me my money." He holds up a gun. Then the van explodes, and uh, everyone's like, "Wait, how did that happen?" He goes, "Hey, when I went back to get this money, I reactivated the bomb, threw it in the back of his van. Now he blew up. Uh, so now they have all the money, and they're able to get away scot-free." Um, I'm also gonna wrap this up here quick, but Chet's character, played by Aziz, says he's gonna go to Italy, which is funny because later in Master of None, his character does go to Italy. So it must be an Aziz. Thing going to Italy, uh, he opens up and looks at the bag of money, and the ink explodes in his face. And then uh, some music starts playing, and that is the end of it. It technically runs into the next minute slightly, but it's literally like one second, so I'm not gonna do a whole another episode for that. And that's the end of this movie. We did it under 30 minutes. How does that sound? Pretty good to me. All right, uh, let's see in the last uh, how much time I have here. Maybe we can do a little bit of segments. Otherwise, that's it for minute by minute colon 30 minutes or less in 30 minutes or less this has been a, quite an event and i hope you all appreciated it and loved it as much as i did i will not be ever doing this again it is too much too much and for no real good reason thanks anyway for joining us uh we'll see you again next time that's what i call a new york minute doesn't really work for this one